You're listening to the Movers Union Podcast. We're here to talk about movement, philosophy, and everything in between. My name is Ben Wexler. And I am Justin Cooper. We are both movement specialists, and this is the Movers Union. Yo, yo, welcome everybody to the Movers Union. Today is a very special episode. We got your hosts, Ben Wexler and Justin Cooper, and we're going to talk a little bit about just who we are and, you know, our background and things like that so you can get to know us a little bit better. Justin, my man, you want to start us off, dude? Where? Yeah, sure. So let's start. Let's take it all the way back. All right. Yeah. Where were you born, dude? So I was born in New Jersey, right? So all that's right. where it all starts. Um, <laughs> and then... I moved, so really like the pursuit of fitness, at least uh, as a profession or career or whatever, started when I moved out here. So I'll kind of start there and lead you into it. But I moved out here to, to California to start a grad school program for holistic counseling psychology. And kind of my idea going into that was that I wanted to be able to incorporate nutrition and and fitness or movement in some respect um, into like my therapy practice. Um, so I moved out here with those aspirations. I started grad school program at John F. Kennedy University. Um, it was wait. So you you did a degree in therapy, or you were doing therapy, and then you wanted to put nutrition into it. I was. I had started a degree to become a therapist. Gotcha. Yeah. And like I knew, you know, just from my background, from my growing up, I've always been involved in like fitness and sports. And, and uh, it was obvious to me how much of a role it plays in overall happiness and, and well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that that's not something focused on in mental health therapy too often, like I wanted to somehow fuse the two um you know, fuse the two together in a practice. So I came out, drove out to California, you know, threw all my things in my Mustang and drove across the country, you know, nice. <laughs> like it very much felt like a movie scene when I was doing that. What um, year Mustang did you have? Uh, 2006 convertible. All right. Yeah. No way. <laughs> so, I had a 2007 at one point. That's oh, nice. crazy. Cool. I still have that car. It has a lot of miles on it, but it's doing me well. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so I came out here, started the grad school program. Uh, it was awesome. It was very informative and uh, introspective, especially the first portion that I actually attended because I ended up dropping out after about uh, just under a year. Um, and like basically why I did that is during the same period of time when I started grad school is also when I kind of just fell into personal training where I was kind of like, I think that this would be cool to do, or at least a good way to make some extra money. Um, so let me like look into how I could just do this part-time, you know, because I was still working in a restaurant, I was still going to school. And I was like, let me just, maybe a couple clients in the morning, part-time, be cool. Uh, but I ended up getting a job at a 24-hour fitness, and their whole model is like, hey, we want everybody to be full-time, because the more full-time you are, the more money we make, you know? And I was like, well, I'm down to be full-time, but I need to, you know, as long as I'm making enough money. So, you know, start off slow, build my way up. Built my way up, started making money, cool. 
I was able to leave my job at the restaurant. Awesome. And then I kind of got to the point where I, you know, I was making decent money and I was realizing the money that I could make doing this. And then I was weighing that against going to school for three more years and like 50 grand of tuition, you know. And mm. I was like, I think I'm just going to try this. Let's see. <laughs> so um, I made that decision to just like pursue personal training full time. Um, nice. Let's take it back. Yes. Uh, let's take it back a little further, though. So you're from New Jersey growing up. Um, were you athletic? Did you play sports? Like, um, how yeah, many siblings you do you have? That, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have a brother and a sister. My brother's right. birthday was two days ago. Um, <laughs> He's a fellow cancer. All right. Nice. Cancer vibes. Strong um, cancer vibes. Yeah, I'm My the youngest. My birthday was July 5th. Oh, nice. Happy yeah. late birthday. I told you Thank happy you. birthday. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm the youngest of three. Uh, growing up, I I played basketball. Like, basketball's always been my primary sport. Um, you know, I was never, like, amazing at it, but I was always at least, like, decent at it. Um, kind of. You're probably one only... of the tallest kids in your school, huh? Uh not maybe like grade school not high school <laughs> um, how, but i was how tall up there. Are you, like six two six three uh no i wouldn't give myself any more than six one okay. i would i would say six foot um okay. maybe six foot and a half inch like i'm not i'm not crazy all right tall. Round it up, dude we'll call it six one move definitely on definitely not six two or six three okay um <laughs> yeah so i played ball and even that it was like I didn't play a ton of sports when I was younger um, because that just wasn't my family dynamic of like any nobody was like putting me into sports. It was like me who had to like ask. So I think like fifth grade was the first team sport of any sort that I did. And I had to be like, hey, hey, guys, like you think I could play basketball? Um, (laughs) You know, and that that was because of uh, your family was basically going through a divorce, right? Yeah. At uh, seven, I was seven years old when my parents uh, got divorced. So like second grade. Yeah. So during that time and then, yeah, several years of, uh, you know, I mean, nothing terribly crazy happened to me, but it's a chaotic environment, you know, like everybody's trying to figure that out, you know, my parents included. And then like, you know, you're just kind of caught up in that and yeah of like how do you what do you do like how do you figure it out falls down the priority list at that point yeah so that wasn't a big thing until yeah until i wanted it to be so i started playing then and then played all through um high school and like in high school i did track for a little while um okay what what track events did you run uh, mainly the shorter distances, like I would do the one and the 200 and that's basically where I topped out. So sprints. Um, yeah. Yeah. I did that and then I would do like, Dang, the long you're a big jump. boy for sprinting. That's crazy. I guess. I don't know. And I haven't always been this big, like, you know, <laughs> like I, I definitely Fair. weighed a lot less in, in high school, you know, high school, like by the end of high school, I was probably like 170, maybe. 175 like you know going into college um so you didn't put on the bulk of your muscle till probably what college yeah that's when i started lifting like 
pretty serious. And that's like the, you know, I still very much reminisce about these days because it's not, I mean, granted there's schoolwork, whatever, but there's yeah. not really much to do, you know. So, yeah, you go to your classes in the morning, whatever. You go to the gym in the afternoon, you know, just that there's nothing more to do. So, you know, I'm in there for like two, three two, hours. Yeah, workouts. exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Maybe there's Chop play some basketball people. too. Yeah. yeah. Just hanging out. And Did then you have a nice, I went to a college with a really nice rec center. It was cool. just top of the line, everything. And so, yeah, I, I totally feel you. I was just paradise. Yeah. That's great. hanging out there. Just getting to hang out and move around and, uh, and whatnot. And then the even even better part i think was you know directly from there you go to the cafeteria and i know a lot of schools have it like this but ours was you know it's like buffet style you know you like swipe your card you pay for a meal but like you're just in there and you can yeah. you, you can have whatever you want you can have as much of whatever you want uh so you, hit so, you know anabolic window basically yeah. <laughs> pile on that protein the most ridiculous amounts of food after that um so yeah, that was that was when I bulked up the most. Nice. Um, All right, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna talk about me for a second, and then we'll we'll come back. We'll meet we'll meet back up in college. Cool. So I was born in the wild and wonderful state of West Virginia. I was born in Huntington. Um, I am also the product of a divorce. Uh, so I my parents moved to California together, and then divorced out here. And my father returned back. I ended up moving back and forth, back and forth a lot. I have a younger brother. And he was like, he kind of moved back and forth. And then one year I came to California and he stayed in West Virginia and we were divided. And um, I was never athletic at all growing up. I stand just under 5'9", five, 5'8 five, and a half. And uh, I was consistently, especially in elementary school, uh, one of the shortest kids in my class. So... For me to stand as tall as I do stand today is honestly a blessing. Like, you know, I, I, there's definitely times, you know, like, like especially, I, mean, I know you're, you're, you're a taken man, but I'll be on a dating app and it's like, please six foot or, or more only, please. And it's just like, ah. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? I don't care. Like, I, I made it here and I'm happy because it could be a lot worse. And uh, I was never athletic. I had very low body awareness, was never put in sports, um, definitely not confident in my athletic abilities. Kids would always be – I have, I have homies I still talk to to this day that I've known for like 25 years. They knew who I'm talking about. It would always be outside, and I, was, I would always be inside playing my Super Nintendo and stuff. And uh, it was like that for a long time. You know, I, tried, I did a basketball camp, and I sucked at it. And uh, – and then um, right around when I was in college, yeah, when I was in college, that's kind of when I started picking back up. I went through a breakup. They say breakups make bodybuilders. Um, and that's it's, motivation. It, right? You know, so I, I, I went through a breakup, you know, I thought she was the love of my life and all that. And like, uh, I started hitting the gym hella hard and like started thriving because when you really look at bodybuilding, it's actually like one of the most nerdy ways to ever move your body because you just focus on isolation and perfect form and nutrient timing. And, uh, like, so I was able, I just, I just started like, especially after that first little bump, I started packing on muscle really quick and then, uh, went to college and then I just kept building 
I, I, st- I was already in college at this point. Sorry. I was in community college though. So it's kind of like, I don't count it as college, you know? Right. Then I went to university. I went to Marshall back in West Virginia and, uh, I started studying science. I, I started to figure out what I wanted academically. I studied biochem and like, then it just kept snowballing, snowballing, snowballing. And I learned how to cook too. I was like cooking just like, like whole trays of chicken breasts. You know, I bought a, uh, I bought a, uh, like a rice cooker and like, that's pretty much all I'd eat. I would do like the meal, meal prep thing, which I don't do anymore. Um, <laughs> friend, I have, we could read the whole podcast about yeah. that, but, uh, anyway, yeah. So, so then I start, and that, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much my athletic background. Uh, it was pretty much all, I say bodybuilding, not because I ever wanted to compete, but because for me personally, I qualify, I define bodybuilding to be lifting for with the primary uh, intention of aesthetics, lifting with the with for mostly to look good, right? Um, so that's kind of like why I say that. Um, and then I hit, I found yoga, and then everything started to change. And you I, found yoga after college or while you're still in college. So I found yoga while I was at community college. I went right up the road at De Anza. I took two classes because I loved it so much. Um, and then I transferred to Marshall back in West Virginia, and I took another class because I just missed it. And, uh, and then I moved to Morgantown, West Virginia, which is three, hour, three hours north of Huntington and the home of WVU. And uh, I, I coincidentally moved right next to a power yoga studio, like literally right next to it. And I was just like, I don't know. I believe in like signs from the universe and stuff. So I was just like, all right, I, I got to go step in here. Stepped in, did the two week trial, practiced 10 out of 14 days because I wanted to get my money's worth. Fell in love, quickly realized it was not a physical investment, but an investment in my mental health. And the rest is history. You know, that's a lot of history in a little bit, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a similar experience with, hmm. When was it? It was definitely after college that I started doing yoga. So it was after college, but before I moved out here. Um, and I started at a, like, I, I went to, like, a community fitness center type thing. Um, that's, like, where I was working out. And then, you know, they also have yoga classes there. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of just kind of curious you know I'm like all right well whatever I'll take one I think my brother had been doing a little bit of yoga um and you know he speaks well of it so I'm like you know willing to give it a shot and I did and it was awesome but it would you know it was always like a supplemental thing to like the lifting weights uh so mm-hmm. even that you know I'd be like going to the gym to lift weights but it'd be like oh there's yoga class before that would work out so like let me do that first and then lift and then like I would have a great lift and I'd feel amazing I was like oh that's pretty legit and then sometimes with my schedule I would do the opposite I would lift first and then go to yoga class and I was like oh man like that's great also you know for (laughs) for for other reasons because then you know you're not feeling tight and and you're a little more limber like it's a good way to kind of come back down after after a hard lift um and then but then I went to my first like actual studio and um I guess 
it's it's there's a very clear difference between like community center or gym yoga classes and like an actual uh, yoga studio, right? Like just absolutely. The <laughs> and the people that are listening at home, like it's that's a profound statement that I cannot emphasize enough. Choose a good studio, though. Cause just the right, caliber you know. of teacher is like it's just way better and even i mean you can go to the studio it's you know it's not like every teacher is going to be an absolute rock star either but like the you know the 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 range of things you're way heavier on the studio side of like good teachers so Mm -hmm. um i went to the studio grace and glory it's in northfield new jersey um and that sounds like a really cool studio name yeah and it's it's like a it sounds like an American like studio name, you know, <laughs> Grace and Glory. It was a uh, Baptiste studio, though. Nice. So, like, that's its Baptiste. origin. I know you have your background in that as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, everything's heated. Beautiful studio. Like, awesome teachers. and No music, really, no mirrors, right? No music. Well, no mirrors, no music until Savasana. Right. So, like, I don't know, is that a typical Baptiste thing to only play? Or is typical no music at all? Music in Savasana. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Which I always thought was amazing. A lot of people read uh, Journey to the Heart, too. Yeah. You ever have a teacher read you a passage from Journey to the Heart? Um, I don't know exactly what that is, but probably. They would do a lot of, like, references. Is that, like, the Baptiste book? Yeah, I'll plug it. I, uh, it's not the Baptiste book. Uh, because like, I know that their like main thing is called Journey into Power, and it sounds similar. Yeah. I think he, he, he was like really inspired by this, and then that's why he named it Journey into Power. But basically, all this is is it's like every, every day this person um, just writes a new passage, and each passage is, is really moving. Cool. So. Cool. I'll check that out. Um, but I, I always felt like the music just in Savasana was super powerful because like you'd go through class and it would be, you know, it's difficult and you're sweating and like you feel like you're about to die and then you lay down in corpse pose <laughs> and like just like the music, you know, it feels like heaven and there's still like some of my like favorite songs that, you know, just every time they come on you have an emotional connection, you know, like mm-hmm. songs. Like the songs that I remember from that studio uh, definitely stick with me like that forever. So. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I've never heard it from my students, but I have like a handful of signature songs that I play in Shavasana, and one of them is a song by Apex Twin. It's called uh, uh, Avril Fourteenth, and it's just this like piano melody and. I hope I hope they get I hope they get that feeling when they hear that song, you know. I'm sure somebody has. But, um, yeah, that's cool. You got the Baptiste Baptiste love in there, you know. I feel like there's, you know, a lot of the yoga that's out right now. It's good for you physically, but it doesn't allow you to tap into the meditative aspects. And again, we could do a whole another possible. Uh, podcast on that but Mm -hmm. yeah it's like baptiste is what changed because it was the mindfulness like the ability to you know be a witness to my thoughts instead of constantly reacting to them that was like changed my life you know yeah but um yeah so okay 
So you didn't get into yoga until after college then? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so then uh, tell us your, uh, your teacher training story. What happened there? Yeah, so somewhat picking back up on the after I went full-time personal training, um, like it, it just seemed like a natural progression. Like I'm like, I'm already teaching these people how to move. Like, and I was very much into yoga and going to classes and whatnot. Um, at that point. So I was like, well, I should teach this too. Right. So you Um, had a consistent practice during that time. Yeah. And then what, well, these kind of ran simultaneously, but, uh, while I was working at the, uh, 24 hour fitness, and like I said, the different difference in like gym yoga classes and like a studio yoga class, you know, the, the classes there, are, they're just not very good. So and not right. to offend anybody. There are good yeah. teachers too, whatever. Um, but the lo- love and light in me sees the love and light in them. But like, nah, like, if you're, I, listen, viewers, listeners, if you are taking a class, well, obviously it's quarantine right now, so. But if you were taking a class at a gym and you thought that that's as far as yoga could go, you're seriously misinformed. Go to a studio whenever they open again. Okay? And, and, I cannot and, emphasize that enough. And, and here's right. a testament to that because I basically just convinced the, um, the like fitness manager to let me teach a yoga class. Like yeah. I didn't have, I didn't do it. I didn't do my training or anything. I was just like, Hey, I, I want to do that. Can I do that? <laughs> and like, he was like, you know, basically Dude. just like, sure. So I started teaching there before any sort of training, uh, in yoga. Did they even audition you? Yeah. Yeah. I went through like, okay. uh, an audition. I taught like a practice class. I really, okay. I just taught like a practice class to the fitness manager and like a couple of the other trainers. Right. Um, and that was like That's my addition, and I guess yeah. they were like, "Well, he didn't burst into flames. Here you go." <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, I worked for a club, and uh, and like I I was so just wanted to do yoga, and right away they were trying to funnel me into Pilates. I was like, I don't have I <laughs> yeah. don't have a Pilates cert. They were just like, ah, like you could do Pilates, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, what? And then and then they even got me to do, and I can't believe I went for it. But they got me to do water aerobics. <laughs> nice. I had never taken a water aerobics class in my life, but they just desperately needed someone. And so I studied it. I bought a book. And, you know, anyway, that's, I, I, you know, the <laughs> this students is the type of the level that gyms are operating on. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly, just to really put it into perspective for the, the viewers like, and the listeners, like, Go to a studio. I know it's expensive, but it's worth it, okay? Can't emphasize that enough. So as I taught a weekly class at 24 uh, for, I don't know, maybe it was like two months or so, I was kind of planning my exit strategy um, because there basically became the opportunity for me to, like I knew that I was going to leave 24 for basically money reasons also like the same thing you go to 24 for a trainer like you're probably going to get someone that doesn't know what they're doing anybody that does know what they're doing eventually leaves and does their own thing because right you just get they more also take a good percentage of the revenue as well right y- 
yeah oh absolutely like you're getting like maybe 30 percent of like what you're actually selling you know and there are all these rules and regulations and things that you have to do and you have to work six days a week and whatever other bullshit um Mm -hmm. so eventually everybody goes on their own so i was planning that exit strategy as well and then i was like well if i'm gonna leave here and not really have any responsibilities i might as well take advantage of that and i kind of planned a trip to go to Southeast Asia for six months Um, and attached to that trip was my yoga teacher training in Bali so Um, cool (laughs) that's awesome yeah I've heard nothing but good things about Bali oh it's amazing obviously it's beautiful and like the people are so nice like there's just a different you know you go some places and just the full like the idea of what like a community is is just different in certain places. This is definitely one of those places where it's just like the idea is just that like everybody takes care of everybody. Like they have zero homeless people because it just doesn't make sense to them. You know, they're just like, well, wow. we, like they like share living spaces, you know. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. That's just. That's just crazy to me. Yeah. The thing, but that, that, that ties. So it's basically what they are is like, there's a stronger consciousness over there. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Cause the the main, what I think about homeless is there's a small percentage of them are what we think they are or how they are portrayed as like people that are in a tight spot. But in my opinion, from what I know, and the research I've done is a lot of them choose that life because it's a life that allows them to do drugs and, and things like that. And so in a place like Bali, it's like that thought of breaking away from society so you can live a pleasurable life, if you will, doesn't even cross anybody's minds. Yeah, and I think or, I mean, or maybe I'm taking it too far. I don't know. That's that's definitely an aspect of it, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's also like, well, just the sheer number of people. There are way less people there, so like it, it's more, uh, you know, it's kind of more doable to be like, oh, well, let's just have everybody take care of everybody, and let's, uh, you know, like it's like if there's a problem, like if there's a, you know, if a street needs to be paved or something, like. It's the people on that street that are going to be paving it, you know, like there's not some, uh, at least it didn't seem like there's some like larger overarching system of support or anything, you know, it's like, which is part of it. Like you can be, and especially in California and I don't know, I fall on both sides of this where I'm like, it's definitely an issue, but I don't know what to do about it, whatever. But like the amount of homeless people here. I mean, a lot of it is because, well, they're enabled, like, and not, right. there's certainly, there's a lot of mental health and drug abuse and that being part of it, but like, well, they just, you know, you're allowed to set up a tent on the side of the street and live there, or and then you can go to the, um, you know, to the food uh, shelter or whatever, like, you know, like there are all these systems put in place to help protect these people, which I think is also great, but... I don't know. There's some. There's a weird it's, dynamic it's there. You quick, know. Yeah, it's very easy to abuse. It's yeah. it's one of those things that's good intention, but it's easy to be taken for granted. Right, and then with the well, amount another, of people, it you know it can get out of yeah. hand. And another funny thing uh, about where we live, good old SF Bay Area, 
is right when quarantine happened, I, I read an article that said that, I'm not sure if it was in SF or San Jose or both, but they were like giving homeless people not just money, but drugs as well. I saw that. They were like, giving them drugs and alcohol. <laughs> yeah, they were literally giving them drugs and alcohol, dude. Yeah. And you want to talk about California. enabling, like, you know? Yeah. In a way, it's beautiful, but in another way, it's like, come on, man. Like, why does California have to be such a meme sometimes? Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's crazy. You know? Yeah. Anyways, um, let's get it back on track. So we were talking about um, where did you do your training at? I did it at the Yoga Barn in Ubud, um, Bali, oh, which is right. Indonesia. So I don't know. The country is Indonesia. The island is Bali. The town is Ubud. Um, there you go. And yeah, then Ubud's the, like a big city, right? It's the big uh, quote unquote big city. Program. Yeah, I've heard yeah. the, the name come up. There's, there's a lot a, like that's like crew. the main tourist place there I would say for there, um, which is amazing uh, for so many reasons. And there's a very like there's a very I don't know to use for lack of a better word just like yoga feel to it. Like every there are a ton of different yoga places. Yoga Barn is like the biggest yoga and like holistic center that I've ever seen like anywhere in the world. Um, they just have so much going on. So mm -hmm. that's huge. And then there are a bunch of other smaller like yoga retreats and uh, you know, like the restaurants are all awesome. And like, there's a very kind of health conscious um, mindset and culture that's taking place there. Uh, so yeah, God, there's a I lot. Wish we had that. There's a lot of that. God, going I on. wish we had that. You know, people yeah. don't see that being unhealthy doesn't just harm them. It literally harms everyone. Yeah. Like, but I digress. You know, <laughs> it's like if you have a really unhealthy person who's not unhealthy by like genetics or some unfortunate thing, you know, it's like if you're unhealthy because of things you could have controlled, you're literally you're funneling, you're feeding a system that shouldn't be allowed to thrive and you're weighing down another system the healthcare system ah, yeah it's just a whole mess you know yeah but that's awesome that you were there and you were able to experience that you know that's why traveling is important traveling is so important so you see what else is out there you know yeah it really opens so. your mind up to all the different ways of living like and you realize like okay you, you know you're born in one place and you just you know that's what's around and you're like okay this is like what life is right but then like you go somewhere else and especially if you're talking about going you know to different countries and different continents because you go somewhere else and it's like oh that's nothing what life is like here you know it's yeah. like you start to figure out like oh there are a bunch of different ways that you can live and you can just you can choose to live these different ways and and, you know, you can take the more ways that you see the different pieces of culture and ways of life that you see, you know, you can take something from each of those cultures and start to kind of mold and build your own way of life or, or yeah. whatever. Of course, you do have to choose a place to do that in. So there's like right. certain limitations. But then you also realize, well, I could choose to go live in Thailand. There's no, it's nothing really stopping me other than like, 
people at this point that I, right. you know, people that I don't want to leave. But yeah. um, other than that, nothing, you know, it's it's possible, you know. And until mm-hmm. you go there, you wouldn't. I don't. Most people wouldn't even think that it's possible, you know. That's yeah. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Is I'm I'm trying to figure out where to go from San Jose. You should know, go to Thailand. Like, you know, and, and it's not even like, <laughs> that's funny. It's not even like uh, a question of like geography as much as, as it is culture. You know, mm-hmm. like I want to go find a community that I, I resonate with, you know. But um, I digress. Been, did you go to mm-hmm. Southeast Asia at all? You haven't been I've over there at been all, to right? Asia. You should go to Thailand. Yeah? Yeah. And then wherever else you want from there, but like go to Thailand, like you have I, to, you have, have to, to experience huh? it. Yeah, like that's the coolest place. I mean, you know, Bali's Bali is up there. Bali, Thailand, Vietnam—they're all kind of up there. But if I did have to pick one, I would pick Thailand. And yeah, like you should totally experience it. I mean, you would okay. absolutely love it, and okay. you would find people and places like that that you're looking for. And uh, you know, it's super cheap, but it's also awesome and it's like one of the most beautiful places in the world like you can't beat it and whether Done, you want dude. whether you want when beaches are, and islands or if you want city or if you want mountains like it's all there so that's what i want go I want all see of it. which one you want you know you know that yeah. seriously sounds per i love being in like i love just the raw kinetic energy of a big city because i feel like being around a lot of motion puts you in motion mm-hmm and uh, like it just doesn't really. There's not a lot of room for stagnation, but I also need the water, but I also need the mountains, you know. So, <laughs> and I also need cool people that aren't too brainwashed by city life. Life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you can't, you can't just be all money, money, money. But you can't all just all be like all wishy-washy where you know just go wherever the tide takes you bro because then you don't like then you don't go anywhere you know right so you just gotta you gotta have both you gotta have both you gotta be you know hustle but also enjoy yeah you know so anyways i'll i'll check it when the travel ban right against yeah. the united states that has just been placed that i'm very upset about man our country is like the freak show country right now <laughs> yeah we're like Everybody's the looking at us country. like, what are they doing over there? Get it together. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to be ahead of this. Like, we're supposed to be, we should have been the first to just yeah. not get it at all, you know, and like just squash it. But nope, whatever. <laughs> another topic, another topic. We'll stay on topic. All right, switching it back. So I went to college, did, took yoga there, left university, went to Morgantown, and then took classes at that Baptiste studio, Power Yoga Morgantown. Big shout out, Jared and Amanda Callahan. I love you guys. Those are my teachers. Those are my owner, the owners. And cool. uh, yeah, it was just like instantly. Like, like I said, okay, so it's a funny story. I love telling this story. I walked in, I saw the prices. And it was like 20 bucks or 30 bucks for unlimited two weeks. 125 unlimited monthly and it was like 15 or 20 bucks a class and i'm comparing it to the gym in my head i'm doing math and i'm saying well i just pay 30 bucks 40 bucks 50 bucks a month for the gym like how i i would never pay 15 dollars per workout you know that's just not mm-hmm. so I, basically i was like i'm gonna go and i'm gonna do as much as i can in this two weeks to get my dollars worth 
and then not go back because <laughs> I can't yeah. afford this. And then I went and I basically what I did was I tricked myself into going like a lot, which is anyone that's doing anything new, anything new, you should do it consistently as much as you can for at least a couple weeks because then you get to really the first and second time you do something, you almost don't even really get to really do it. You're just in figuring it out phase. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then once you get that, just the groundwork in, then you can actually really start to feel it in anything you do, right? If you play guitar, you got to build your calluses first, whatever. Um, so anyway, I went and very quickly, just after every class, I felt elated. Like I felt like I was walking on a cloud way bigger than any runner's high I've ever had. I also had trained Muay Thai, uh, back when I was about 21, I think, maybe 20. I, I trained Muay Thai kickboxing for a couple years at Academy Self-Defense. Shout out Coach Devani. And uh, I sucked at it. I really sucked at it because, again, it was pre-yoga pre Ben. So it was Ben that was not athletic at all but was muscular at this time because I'd been lifting but like if you anyone that like has lifted for a couple years and was didn't grow up athletic knows exactly what I'm talking about. Lifting just adds muscle. It doesn't make you better at moving your body in any way. Um, so you'll still suck at sports. That's why like sometimes if you throw a ball to like a buff friend or something, he doesn't know how to catch it, is because he has <laughs> no athletic ability, even though he's got all his muscle, right? So then, uh, you know, now what I'm trying to say after I have had like post yoga, if you will when I do like any kind of boxing work, it's just like, oh, it's so pretty and it feels so good because like I use my whole body and I'm connected to my whole body. Yeah, so what I wanted to say though with the, so the whole Muay Thai thing, we used to work out so hard, my whole shirt would be drenched, literally drenched after every workout, every class. And I had an amazing quote unquote runner's high if you will right amazing endorphins release but the 75 minutes in a power yoga class just there's no competition <laughs> there's no competition and that's why i say that with the most sincere you know as much sincerity as i can like two hours of muay thai kickboxing compared to 75 minutes of power yoga and the 75 like in all my days i never felt so good so very quickly i realized like this is not about this ain't about dancer pose. This ain't about crow pose. This ain't about flexibility. This is about mental health. And then I started naturally developing mindfulness, which I don't want to lose too many of our viewers, but like mindfulness, once you start really cultivating that, you realize you don't have to react to all of your emotions and that you can just observe them. Um, you know, that's a, a superpower. It's a superpower, you know? And then I did that long enough you know, I, I, I went, oh, and then I bought his book, Journey in the Power, Baron Baptiste's book, Journey in Power. And in it, one of the first things he says is practice every day. No matter what, practice every day. No matter if you're sore, you're tired, you're hungover, practice every day. Do it for 30 days is what he suggests. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Because in yoga, we have something called child's pose. So if you really are not feeling it, you could go to a class and literally do child's pose the entire time. And if your teacher says anything, fuck your teacher. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like this is your time, you know? Like, uh, it, it, it's, 
it's I don't know how you feel about that. Like I, I think as a teacher, it's your job to try to pull them up, but also respect that they might just be having a day. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that's kind of a hard thing that we have to do. Um, but anyways, like you as a yogi, one of the things you learn is to like, like, you know, be with the group, but also not be afraid to do your own thing for a little bit. So anyway, like I just thought, you know, okay, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna do this, you know. And I I could take child's pose. I could chill if I need to. And the important thing is that I show up. I did that. I ended up doing it for like 46 days. And then during that time was also my birthday. So I I practiced on my birthday. I think it was like day 40 or something. And I was just like, you know what? There's teacher training coming. I'm treating myself to this teacher training. I'm signing up. And I didn't do it with the intention of becoming a teacher it just i was really really into it and it just seemed like the next logical step what happened from there is a whole different story what about you man uh what what do you feel about like if you want to talk about yoga for a minute what's like a cool little side benefit you would say yeah i mean i think you touched on it like the 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 mental benefit of it so like the one, I think that there, there's a benefit in making yourself do something that you don't really want to do, right? Absolutely. And maybe it's not like you're, you know, maybe you do want to go to the yoga class, but then, like, when you're in class, there's Chaturanga. definitely going to be stuff that you don't want to do. Like, oh, yeah, like, you know, chair pose, like, oh, yeah. great, you know, like, or mm-hmm. whatever. You're holding your warrior two or whatever it is, and you're just in it for, like, longer than you would want to be, you know? Yeah. Um, all those little things come up and then more difficult poses, you know, you're in your crow pose, you're trying to hold it until they tell you not to come out of it or like whatever it is. There are all these little challenges uh, built into class as well. Um, but like you touched on, like what happens in your head when, you know, when those things come up. So when you're put in this situation of some challenge or some struggle or some suffering or whatever, like how are you going to react to it? Mm-hmm. And, and you... You know, I mean, the class kind of forces you to just deal with it because you can't say anything. And like, (laughs) you you know, like most people's, you know, it's a a product of your ego, but you're not you don't you're in a class with other people. You don't want to stop doing the thing. You know, you don't want to be like the person that, you know, just stands there or puts their arms down or, or whatever. You know, you're like. You, you're in the class, so you made the commitment to try to do everything that the teacher says, you know, along mm. with taking care of yourself, whatever. Maybe you do need a child's pose for a moment, cool. But, like, in each moment, you should be trying to do the best that you can. And mm. you realize what your mind is telling you, like, when when that happens, you know? And you realize that it's just bullshit, basically. Right. Like, you know, you're standing there, so, you know, whatever. You're in your warrior two with your arms extended, and you're like... Man, my shoulders are burning. I want to put my arms down. And then, but if you question that, you're like, why do you want to put your arms down? There's like, there's no real answer to that, you know, right. other than it is just like, oh, well, it's uncomfortable. Like, yeah. toughen up. Come on, yes. man. Like, you know, like, yeah. that, that's what you're doing here. Like, you know, you entered class knowing that things would be uncomfortable. So now you want to stop because it's uncomfortable? Like, you know, you just hold through it and you kind of get that. You, you kind of harden your mental abilities and, and your well, your ability to realize that there's something going on in your head that 
isn't necessarily you, you know, or like, you know, you get to make that final decision. So there's something going on. And then there's also the you that gets to actually make the decision. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's twofold. It's like the first is uh, straight, just like you cultivate determination and perseverance, right? You know, like, okay, I don't want to do this thing. I'm going to do it anyway, because I know it's good for me. But the second part is you actually can rewire it in your head so that you don't actually see it as this thing you don't want to do anymore, you know? So it yeah. works, it, 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 it's, it works from all angles, you know? It's like, yeah, I don't want to do this, too bad. And it's also like, I don't want to do this, well, why don't you right. want to do it, yeah. you know? So. And then there's also the part of you that's like, the like in the moment part of you that is maybe telling you that, like, I don't want to do it because it sucks right now. But then there's the, like prior to class part of you that said like, no, it's going to be a good thing to go to class, you know? And then it's like, well, which one, you know, are you going to succumb to the kind of instant gratification part of you? That's like, well, let's stop doing it because right now it would just be better if we stopped doing it, you know, (laughs) or the part that's already planned ahead or, you know, the future self uh, of Mm. you that will benefit from you doing it. So there are all these moving parts that you kind of need to figure out how to deal with. And then all of that is translatable to life also, you know, like, yeah, we're just, whatever, we're in a classroom moving our body into weird shapes, but like all of those skills that you deal with them on a daily basis, whether it's when, you know, you're going to work. Oh, you don't want to be there. Well, maybe you do just walk up, walk out and quit or do you fulfill your duty or do you, uh, you know, try to think of some other way to serve your future self so that you don't have to do this thing that you don't want to or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there, there's this kind of interplay with all these different kind of forms of ourself that mm-hmm. you get to explore to some extent in your yoga class and then apply in your life. Yeah, it's like it's a yoga class is really cool because it's like a big stack of problems in a very little time. It's basically problem solving. <laughs> you know and then uh you know so you you have like i don't know hundreds of problems that you encounter in a yoga class and then over time because it takes so much time to get through that thick noggin of yours you know everybody's got we're just so hardwired you know it's so hard to change up there but uh you know you with enough experience with as the, you know with enough encounters of the same problems over and over again you start to really notice yeah what's going on you know, and then it gets even deeper from there. And like the problems have problems and it's, you know, like we talked about it before, like, why is this a problem? And then, you know, it's, it's a good time. It's definitely a good time. Okay. Anything else you want to say about who you are, where you come from? He owns with his lovely fiance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kula Um, wellness. Yeah. Kula wellness. Uh, yoga studio and personal training facility. Um, so hit me up if you want some lessons. Yeah, if you're in the Bay um, Area are, and quarantine is over, yeah. Come so check here's it out. the thing, which I did. I don't know if the camera was on when I mentioned, but so like Monday in Santa Clara, gyms and yoga studios are going to be able to open again, obviously with restrictions and things. I'm so um, skeptical of that. <laughs> they've, they've been saying that for like the last month no, and a half. Like it's, you know? Yeah, but it's like official is approved by the state. Like that's what's going on. 
So if that's true, I'm so stoked. It's absolutely true. So uh, we <laughs> we aren't opening this Monday the 13th. We're going to open on Monday the July Monday the 20th is is when just because there's a lot to there's a lot to get together and do and obviously there are a lot of protocols and things that we need to do um, in order to safely open. But yeah, that'll be happening. That's awesome. Congrats. I, oh my God, I can't wait to step back into a studio and like practice besides actual people. Yeah. It's going to be with very limited people. Yeah. God, it's going to suck. So, so 150 square foot per person is basically what the. Oh my God. How mm -hmm. how many are you going to get to fit in the studio? In mine, we're going to have maybe five. Okay, that's not bad. Like four or five. I haven't fully, you know, we gotta we gotta figure some things out. But I think it's gonna be four or five in studio. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. Yeah. I just there's something to be said about breathing together. You know. Oh my God! It's just it's 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 an amazing experience. Everyone's gonna have to have a mask on though. Oh, gotta practice with mask. Wow. <laughs> just another problem to solve what a, there you go yes and that's the right way to look at it too yes absolutely all right well that about wraps it up for this episode if you have any questions comments whatever let us know reach out to us uh i'm at wex power on instagram and he is at the fit coop the fit as well coop. as at cool wellness follow everything hit the like button subscribe we love you enjoy the rest of your quarantine we'll be back soon Yo, peace. peace cool 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 good episode thank you for watching or listening if you enjoyed please subscribe to wex power on youtube or find cooler wellness on your favorite podcast app in order to stay up to date with the latest episodes you're listening to the Movers Union Podcast. We're here to talk about movement, philosophy, and everything in between. My name is Ben Wexler. And I am Justin Cooper. We are both movement specialists, and this is the Movers Union. <laughs>